Hi, I'm Carrie Stratton. I'm on the leadership team here, and I was asked to share a short reflection on Pastor Tom's message uh, last week. It was entitled Hungry for Relationships, and he emphasized the importance of sacrificial, intentional investing in other people's lives, pouring out our lives as Jesus did for other people. And that, he went on to explain, meant invitation, inviting people into this relationship with us. It means encouraging people, supporting them, having their back, being there for them, and challenging them to raise the bar in their lives, and how important this is to the church. So um, I wanted to look at what that kind of means in practical terms. And I know from direct experience that um, that was true in my life, that the trajectory of my life was altered because in a really good way, because of people that did just that in my life, that intentionally and sacrificially invested in my life. So um, I'll take you back to my high school years as Pastor Tom did. And like Pastor Tom, I was very fortunate to be invited to a dynamic uh, youth group. And uh, Pastor Tom said what drew him in were the cute girls. I have to admit that the fun guys definitely had something to do with uh, me going originally. But the reason I stayed, even though there were a lot of great things going on at the youth group was because of the leaders. The leaders showed me they were glad I was there. They cared about me and I could tell. They also um, were um, encouraging to me and challenging to me. There was one woman in particular, her name was Maribel. She was about my mom's age, so maybe late 40s. She had three daughters my age and um, she just, uh, brought me into her home. She uh, just encouraged me. She spent time with me, shared life experiences with me, opened up God's word to me in ways I hadn't seen before, and um, helped me navigate high school a bit. And it was with her at age 16 that I decided um, that I was ready to turn my life over to Christ, to trust him with my future and um, begin a relationship with him. And I did that because I saw her relationship with Jesus. I also knew when I went on to college that she was going to still be there. She would only be a collect phone call away. And I know I'm dating myself by saying that, but, um, she was there for me and I'm still in touch with her, which is kind of fun. Um, so when I looked at that, my own relationship, and I thought of what Tom said, it just makes so, so much sense. Tom also talked about um, the Jesus math, I think he called it, where, um, and I want to get this quote right, so I'm going to read it if i can find it jesus spent increasing amounts of time with fewer and fewer people more time with fewer people leads to greater impact so jesus definitely preached to the thousands we know that 
but he spent a lot more time with his 72, which we find mentioned in scripture. Uh, he invited them into ministry with him. But we also probably are aware that it was the 12 disciples that he was most intimate with. And even more than that, so most, most would be the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, who he invested in like none others. I was thinking about that and an example of that for us in the church, because I believe that that is so, so important. This is a truth that's so important to the church and to us personally. And um, I hesitate to do this, but I'm gonna use my husband, Bill, as an example. He probably wouldn't like it, um, but I just see it as a perfect example. Years ago, I don't know, 12 years or more, he started working, um, volunteering with Urban Impact. Some of you also volunteered with them years ago and, and maybe to this day. And um, that was working with the kids from the P.T. Barnum projects in Bridgeport. And he started out in the third grade classes. So uh, he was there in a day, he'd go from class to class and kind of be an assistant, be a mentor, help out. He probably had about 72 kids, more or less, in three classes, um, three or four classes. Then, um, as some of you may remember, he started bringing kids to church and to our house afterwards. And he probably had 10 to 12 kids on average, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Um, some of you remember his posse in the back of um, Frenchtown School. He would bring these kids to church and then they'd come to our house and swim in the pool. He, people, some of you donated used bikes so that all of the boys and some girls could have bikes um, to go around our neighborhood on Sunday afternoons. Yes, we got some calls from neighbors, but um, it really worked out really well. But as the third graders turned into fifth graders, turned into seventh graders, kind of organically it happened that there were three young men who Bill really ended up investing in, um, in a deeper way. Their names were not Peter, James, and John. They were, uh, their names are Malachi, Chico, and Dijon. Some of you may remember those names. Um, and he truly invested in their lives. They would come work on cars. They would bring their girlfriends over for dinner and uh, swim in the pool. Their parents would call and ask Bill to intervene and help with things. So to me, that is a really great example of the importance of the, the increasing time with a decreasing number of people. Now, those boys now, I shouldn't call them boys, they're young men, they're 19 or 20 years old. We, we still see them from time to time. And I am sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that that relationship with Bill has made a difference in their lives and will for the future. Um, and it's exciting to see when we turn um, ourselves over to God to work those relationships that he will do it and he'll, he'll make them happen organically if we just step out on our own. Um, there's a quote I love from this book Tom mentioned, and I'm going to shamelessly plug it again. It's at our book table. The leadership team has been reading it, and um, wow, it's been eye-opening to me. But here's a quote I love that Tom mentioned um, from, I believe it was Jim Wilder. Our brains draw life 
from our strongest relational attachments to grow our character and develop our identity. And who we love shapes who we are. I'll say that again, who we love shapes who we are. Our brains are designed to use our attachments to form our character. Those attachments are so important and we're hungry for them. Brain science backs this up. You know, God tells us this, but science shows that it's true. We're hungry for those attachments. And um, my suggestion is that we seek them out, not just a mentor attachment where we can encourage others, but um, a mentee attachment where we can ask someone to encourage and challenge us. So I would suggest that you keep your eyes out, listen to God's um, provoking you in one way or the other, be proactive and tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, would you like to kind of try this with me? And there's a good chance that God will have gotten to that person first and already put it on their hearts to begin with. So think about that. I want to end with a quick story and a visual. As a former teacher, I'm very, I'm very visual. Um, so here's, here's a quick little uh, story. Um, a couple days ago, I came downstairs and looked at my dining room table, which some of you will know is very central to my house. And on that table was a beautiful flourishing flower arrangement. And I was surprised. I actually have it for you here. Um, isn't this lovely? Um, I hope it shows up in the, on the screen. So um, this was two weeks old. Now it's even, no, I guess it's about two weeks old. My daughter Chelsea and I put together six of these arrangements for a rehearsal dinner for my son Jamie and Allie's wedding celebration. And um, I was worried that it wasn't gonna last, you know, the day and the trip to Pennsylvania and back for the wedding. And here two weeks later, it's still flourishing. Now I'd given um, most of the arrangements away, but I knew there was one other somewhere in my house, but I didn't remember where I had put it. So as I looked around, I quickly found it. And here it was. Um, I don't know if you could tell, but in person, it looks pretty sad, wilted, dead. Um, and I thought, well, why is that? It's in the exact same vase, the exact same amount of flowers. Um, it was in the same rooms. It traveled the same distance to Pennsylvania and back. What's, what was the problem here? Why does this one look like this? Let's see, are you seeing this? Oh, you are. And this one looked like this. Well, the answer was pretty obvious. This one was right in my view. I took care of it a little bit. I made sure it had water. That's really about it. I do not have a green thumb. But this one was out of my view. It wasn't in relationship with me. It didn't get my attention. I forgot to fill it with water. And so we have a dead, withered plant. Now, perhaps I'm stretching the analogy with relationship a little much, but I think this is a great visual. We flourish. We look like this beautiful arrangement, even two weeks later, um, when we're in relationship, when we have someone to come alongside us, to encourage us, to challenge us. Um, and when we do that for other people. But when we 
separate ourselves, where we're not in relationship, our lives can start to look a little bit like this. So there you have it. Maybe that will stick with you for a few days. Um, and, uh, and remember how, how important those relationships are. So I wanna end with a, a scripture I love that I thought goes along with this so well. It's 1 Thessalonians 2.8. I know you've, you've heard it several times over the last year. I think I even used it the last time I spoke. Here it is. Paul says, we cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because of you. I'm sorry, but also our own lives because you had become so dear to us. Let's pray. Lord, help us care so much for those around us that we are willing to share our very lives with each other. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.